remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of William McKinley, the 25th president of the United States, whose tenure was marked by American expansionism and the annexation of different territories. Today marks the 121st anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the early life of William McKinley. Part 1. Humble Beginnings and a Calling to Serve, 1843-1865 William McKinley was born on January 29, 1843, in the small town of Niles, Ohio. His parents, William and Nancy McKinley, were not wealthy, but were highly respected in their community. William Sr. worked as an iron manufacturer, while Nancy was a devoted homemaker who held deep Methodist beliefs. The McKinleys were a close-knit family, and young William, who was the seventh of nine children, grew up in a home filled with love, discipline, and a strong sense of community service. William was an earnest and diligent student who excelled in his studies. From a young age, he showed an interest in history and civics, often engaging in debates with his classmates and teachers. His formative years were not just about academics, they were also marked by a growing sense of duty towards his community and country. William was involved in various social activities and even taught Sunday school at his local Methodist church, a testament to the moral grounding his mother instilled in him. As he approached adulthood, the United States found itself on the brink of civil unrest. The tension between the North and South was palpable. And when the Civil War broke out in 1861, William felt a compelling urge to serve his country. Despite his mother's apprehensions, he enlisted in the Union Army at just 18 years old, joining the 23rd Ohio Infantry. The Civil War became a crucible that shaped McKinley's character and outlook on life. He quickly gained a reputation for bravery and leadership, displaying remarkable courage in several key battles, including the Battle of Antietam in 1862, and the Battle of Cedar Creek in 1864. During Antietam, he drove a wagon through heavy gunfire to bring rations to starving troops. At Cedar Creek, his quick thinking and fearless actions under fire played a role in rallying the troops and turning the tide of the battle. It was during these trying times that McKinley caught the attention of Rutherford B. Hayes, a fellow Ohioan and the future 19th President of the United States. He served as a commanding officer in McKinley's regiment and became a mentor to the young soldier. Impressed by McKinley's conduct, Hayes promoted him several times, culminating in a brevet commission as a major by the end of the war, a title that McKinley would carry with pride for the rest of his life. After the Civil War concluded in 1865, McKinley faced the challenge of choosing a career path. With a newfound love for his country and a compelling sense of duty, he decided to study law, seeing it as a field where he could continue to serve his community and nation. His war experiences had left a lasting mark on him, providing a strong moral and ethical foundation that would guide him in the years to come. The post-war period was a time of significant personal growth for McKinley. He began to see a future in public service, nurtured by the values he had been raised with and the character he had developed on the battlefield. And so, as he embarked on a legal career in Canton, Ohio, the stage was set for his entry into the political arena, a path that would lead him to the highest office in the land. Part 2. The Rise of a Statesman, 1865-1896 to 1896. 
After the Civil War, McKinley returned to Ohio with a sense of purpose, driven by the conviction that he had more to offer his country. Determined to pursue a career in law, he enrolled at Albany Law School in New York, graduating in 1866. McKinley returned to Ohio and settled in Kent, where he began practicing law, quickly gaining a reputation for his competence, ethical conduct, and eloquence in the courtroom. During this time, McKinley fell in love with Ida Saxton, the daughter of a prominent Kent banker. The two were married in 1871, and while their early years were marked by happiness, they also faced personal tragedy. The couple lost both their daughters in infancy, a heartbreak that profoundly affected Ida's health and led to McKinley's lifelong devotion to her. Professionally, McKinley's legal career flourished, and he became increasingly involved in local and state politics. His service during the Civil War and subsequent legal achievements had made him a well-known figure in Ohio, and he was as a man of both integrity and capability. This public image made him a desirable candidate for political office, and in 1876, he was elected to Congress as a Republican representative. His years in Congress ended up being a pretty formative period for McKinley, providing him with a national platform to engage with the urgent issues of the day, including economic policy and civil service reform. McKinley became an ardent supporter of protectionist tariffs, a position that was widely popular amongst his industrialist supporters, but controversial on a national scale. His commitment to the issues culminated in the passage of the McKinley Tariff in 1890. Though the policy was met with mixed reviews and contributed to the loss of his congressional seat in the same year, undeterred, McKinley returned to Ohio and set his sights on the governorship. He was elected governor of Ohio in 1891 and re-elected in 1893, serving two terms during a period of economic upheaval and social change. As governor, McKinley focused on modernizing the state's institutions and improving their labor relations. His administration passed a significant legislation addressing issues such as factory regulation, workers' compensation, and educational reform. As governor, McKinley also faced the challenge of the Panic of 1893, an economic crisis that led to widespread unemployment and social unrest. He responded by endorsing relief measures and maintaining a balanced state budget, actions that increased his popularity and solidified his reputation as a compassionate and fiscally responsible leader. By the mid-1890s, McKinley was being widely discussed as a possible presidential candidate. The political landscape was shifting, with the country deeply divided over issues like currency reform, foreign policy, and the role of government in economic affairs. McKinley, with his moderate stance and focus on national unity, emerged as a candidate who could bridge these divides. His successful gubernatorial terms and his undeniable charisma made him a strong contender for the Republican presidential nomination. After securing the nomination in 1896, McKinley led a memorable campaign marked by the pioneering use of modern political strategies. Eschewing the traditional stump speeches and whistle-stop tours, he chose to instead conduct a front porch campaign, inviting voters, journalists, and delegations to his home in Canton to hear him speak. The approach was revolutionary for its time and signaled a shift in the American political landscape. Part 3. The McKinley Presidency, A Nation Transformed, 1897-1901 to 
Upon taking office in 1897, William McKinley faced a nation mired in economic stagnation and social division. His presidency, however, would prove to be a transformative era for the United States, marked by recovery, expansion, and shifts in global standing. McKinley wasted no time in addressing the economic woes of the country. He called a special session of Congress to pass the Dingley Act, which established new tariff rates aimed at protecting American industries. While the tariff was initially met with skepticism, the economy began to improve, bolstered also by discoveries of gold in Alaska and the Klondike, which aided in easing the money supply. The success in writing the economic ship provided McKinley with a significant political capital. In the realm of foreign policy, McKinley initially sought to maintain America's traditional stance of non-intervention. However, the worsening situation in Cuba, where a rebellion against Spanish rule had led to atrocities and harsh reprisals, galvanized public opinion in the United States. Despite his initial reluctance, McKinley found himself drawn into what would become the Spanish-American War in 1898. The swift American victory not only liberated Cuba, but also resulted in the acquisition of Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines, marking the United States as a new imperial power. The annexation of these territories ignited a fierce debate within the U.S., polarizing opinion between imperialists who saw the acquisitions as a significant leap forward for American global influence, and anti-imperialists who argued that the annexation was at odds with American principles of self-governance and freedom. McKinley, navigating these differing views, approached the situation cautiously, but remained steadfast in his belief that America had a role to play on the world stage. The outcome of the war and the resultant peace treaty catapulted McKinley to the forefront of American politics. When the presidential elections of 1900 approached, he was seen as the candidate of prosperity and victory. Teaming up with Theodore Roosevelt as his vice presidential nominee, McKinley won a decisive re-election against William Jennings Bryan, whom he had defeated in 1896. His second term, however, would be short-lived. McKinley turned his focus towards social reforms, working to advance the rights of African Americans and to improve labor conditions. He also began laying the groundwork for more modern economic policies, including federal oversight of large corporations. Although these would largely be realized under his successor, Theodore Roosevelt. Part 4 A Legacy Cut Short the Assassination and Its Aftermath, 1901. The dawn of the 20th century found William McKinley at the pinnacle of his political career. Having been re-elected with an increased margin of victory, the nation seemed to be moving in the right direction economically and diplomatically, largely credited to McKinley's policies and leadership. It was an era marked by newfound prosperity and a resurgent national confidence. All this came to an abrupt and tragic end on September 6, 1901, when McKinley was shot twice at close range by Leon Zalgas, an anarchist who believed that he was striking a blow against tyranny. The shooting occurred at Temple of Music, a concert hall at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. McKinley had extended his hand to greet his assassin, who fired through a handkerchief concealing the gun. Despite being mortally wounded, McKinley showcased his character one last time. 
He urged his guards not to harm the assailant and even expressed concern for how the news would affect his wife, Ida, who had already been suffering from poor health. From the shooting, McKinley was rushed to the hospital where he underwent emergency surgery. Initially, it seemed like he might survive as he was able to converse and consume liquid nourishment. However, gangrene developed around his wounds and his health deteriorated rapidly. On the morning of September 14, 1901, he died with his wife by his side. McKinley's assassination shocked the nation and the world. Across the United States, people poured into churches and public squares to mourn their fallen leader. As news spread overseas, condolences arrived from international leaders attesting to McKinley's worldwide impact. His body was transported back to the White House, where he lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda. Hundreds of thousands of people lined the streets to pay their respect at his funeral procession. Ultimately, he was laid to rest in Canton, Ohio, his hometown, in a grand mausoleum funded by public donations. The immediate aftermath of McKinley's death led heightened concerns about security measures for public officials. It also had a profound effect on the policy direction of the country, with Vice President Theodore Roosevelt assuming the presidency. Roosevelt would go on to expand upon many of McKinley's policies while adding a more progressive agenda of his own, including breaking up large corporate trusts and promoting conservation. Thus, while McKinley's life was tragically cut short, his vision lived on in the initiatives of his successor. It would be Roosevelt's dynamic personality that captured the public imagination, often overshadowing McKinley's substantial contributions. However, McKinley's place in history should not be forgotten. His presidency marked a significant turning point in American history, transforming the nation into a world power and setting the stage for the American century that was to follow. While William McKinley's life met a tragic end, his legacy continued to unfold through the policies he enacted and the transformative era he presided over. His death marked not just the conclusion of his own life, but also the end of a certain kind of 19th century American leadership, making the way for the progressive era under Theodore Roosevelt. Nonetheless, McKinley's measured, deliberate style and his significant achievements have gained increased recognition over time underscoring his enduring impact on the nation he served. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on William McKinley, the 25th President of the United States who left a lasting mark on American history, even though his successor often gets a lot of his credit. He's also who died today, September 14th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what William McKinley looked like, please follow our Instagram, period, died, period, today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.